Welcome back to episode 76 of the Half Swing Shinty podcast, where we review and preview the week shinty from all over Scotland. In the week that a 13-year-old boy survived falling 100 feet off the Grand Canyon, there was lots of great shinty. And alongside me, to go through it all, it's a man for who the word gorges could only mean the geographical feature. It's the bourgeoisie bad boy, Cami Middleton. <laughs> Cami, have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? How's it going, mate? That was a good one, we playing words there. I like that. Um, no, I've never been to the Grand Canyon. I've only ever been to kind of Europe on holiday, never been a long haul flight. Bar one, technically, I think I was like three or four months old. We went to see my family in Canada for Christmas. So mum counts that I've been like a long haul flight and a big family holiday. I'm not counting that. Also, no idea what she was doing, taking a screaming four month old Wayne uh, when I flight from Glasgow to Toronto. Um, but I get to spend my first Christmas in North America, apparently. But uh, Fond memories, I'm sure. Oh, I loved um, it. <laughs> what did you get up to at the weekend? Yeah, good weekend for me. Uh, started it on Saturday, finishing off our season uh, with a win over Oban Celtic. I think it's us and Aberdour firsts who are the first to compete uh, the seasons, which is bittersweet because I've really enjoyed playing this year. Um, game was good too. A lot of handbags like there always is every time we play Celtic. Few of their forwards keen to dish it out, but not too happy to take it back in. That's just how it goes. Uh, <laughs> decent enough game. I think the, um, actually, I think the future Oban Celtic's in really good hands. A lot of kind of promising youngsters in the ranks. Um, particularly impressed with a few of the defenders. But yeah, back to the weekend, eh, that was good, had a few on Saturday night and on Sunday Annie and I went to see James Acaster, the comedian in Glasgow, which was a brilliant night out. So yeah, good weekend for me, what about yourself? Yeah, very good. Um, that sounds great. James Acaster is brilliant. Uh, right. I th- fear, well I don't fear, but I feel sorry for anyone that listens to the football podcast because I'm far too lazy to write two intros. So basically it's just the exact same questions in the intro every week. So you might have already heard this if you're listening, but assuming you're not, you haven't. Uh, I went to climb a Monroe, got up at six in the morning to climb a Monroe. Um, I got halfway up the Monroe and couldn't go any further, so <laughs> had to go back to the car, which was uh, incredibly embarrassing. Um, and then uh, when the other guy I was with, he completed the Monroe and then came back down. When he he came back down, I had to go off to a full day's work at the Kamenak Cup semi-final. Certainly worse ways to work, um, but not many worse ways to start your Saturday and failing to complete a Monroe. So yeah, that was that was pretty embarrassing. No, I know. I- Fair play to you for like attempting it, getting up six in the morning and stuff like that. But I'm guessing, see when you put a picture up on Instagram, you up a hill, was that halfway up the hill and then you just chucked it after it? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, well, what happens was I took the photo thinking, oh, they probably wouldn't even be able to tell that this is halfway up the hill, you know. If I, I just take it looking down the way. Yeah. That's a big hill. I, I thought it's going to come out. It's going to come out. I wasn't alone. If I was alone, I would have definitely been claiming to have completed right. that Monroe, 100%. Just going to bend pl- this car park and taking a photo. That's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You got any plans for the rest of this week? Um, no shinty for me for the foreseeable, which is gotten, but that means football takes over again Saturday. I'm going to watch the famous Kunuk Morton dump Glasgow Rangers out of the League Cup at Ibrooks. <laughs> and <laughs> on Sunday, I'm playing Sunday League football for Roddy Cairns' team, uh, doing a shift between the sticks for them. I played once last season, and the game finished eight each. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> Between the sticks, Cammy, I didn't, I didn't peg you for a goalkeeper. When I was younger, before when I stopped playing shinty in school and started playing football, I was uh, a goalkeeper. Yeah, I wasn't good enough to play outfield. I was, I was not too bad. I had a couple of clangers in me, definitely, but not the worst you'll ever see. Okay, wow, I never knew that. That's uh, yeah, that'll be a sight to behold, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get the show on the road. Let's start talking shinty and let's start with the wheel of news as ever. Cammy, what have you been talking about this week? 
Yeah, I'll uh, kick us off with congratulating Oban Kamnich, who booked their place in this year's Kamnich Cup final after two late goals, uh, which secured an ultimately deserved 2-0 victory over Lovett, with Oban now making it three finals out of a possible three, which is a testament to the quality on show of, Gav- uh, of uh, from Gareth Evans' young side. Um, you were at the game, so I'm sure you have your thoughts. Uh, I caught the game on TV in the clubhouse after our game with Celtic, and I watched bits of it back on Monday. And the consensus I got both times was that Oban were effectively... They're all over Lovett, in my opinion. This doesn't mean Lovett didn't have any of their chances. Far from it. Cammy Thurland had to make some massive stops to keep Oban in it for some time. Uh, on the return, Fraser Heath missed a glorious opportunity as well. But in terms of possession, quality, determination, it was all Oban for me. Um, I was impressed by Oban's forward line, who asked a lot of questions of the Lovett back four, uh, who are mostly mostly solid to the credit, actually. Um, they did struggle to clear the ball away during the kind of opening 45 minutes, um, but they did find the rhythm eventually. Um, I think they did really well to keep Oban at bay for some amount of time, uh, as well as Stuart McDonald, who was brilliant again. He made one of the saves of the season, uh, too, with a diving one-hand stop with a stick. Um, beautiful, beautiful stuff. You always come to expect it from him now. Um, and the game-changer for me was bringing on Ross McMillan, um, I think he offered Oban an attacking edge, which was clear from once he was introduced. He obviously took his goal really, really well late on, as did Malcolm Clark, who had a cracking game. Uh, a player who often goes under the radar, I think, uh, Malcolm, but as a uh, highly influential for Kamrick this season. But yeah, very well deserved for Oban. Love it or no, um, what they could have performed better. Uh, but fair play to them for reaching another semi-final. Love it, they're always there and thereabouts. So I'm sure they'll be back there next season as well. Um, I mentioned it briefly. I know you're giving me your thoughts on the game, but my question for you is, if Stuart McDonald is the best keeper in Shinty, is Cammy Sutherland the second best? Um, yes, simply yes. Uh, and I don't think it's really that close, to be perfectly okay. honest. I think he's closer to Stuart uh, than anyone in third would be close to him, if that makes sense. So, I think so would, the you, gap would, would you say that the, the battle for third then is much tighter? So you think it's that much, tighter, that much of the match? Right, okay, well. Yeah. I, I think so anyway. I mean, I saw him on Saturday. I was really impressed. I mean, people on the sidelines around me were talking about, oh, who do you think the man the match was? And, you know, to be honest, I thought it was a stupid question. To be quite frank, I thought it was him by country mile. Um, I thought he made a number of really impressive stops. And while Stuart save was probably the most blockbuster of them all, mm-hmm. uh, Kami made, you know, five, six, seven really, really important saves. And, and I just thought he was absolutely exceptional. Don't get a chance to see him too often in the flesh. Um, so it's just when it's the odd recorded game or, you know, a televised semi or a televised final like we'll see this weekend. But um, out of all the games I've ever seen him, I've never been disappointed. Uh, and I think that's a pretty good sign. Um, I still think Stuart probably holds out number one. Uh, but I don't think there's a lot in it. Um, and I think, obviously, with, with Kami having sort of youth on his side, uh, it won't be too long before he's the number one keeper in Shinty. So, yeah, no, I was really impressed by him. I thought overall the game, the weather probably played a, a pretty big part. You were talking about the hitting out the back being a little poor. I think that was a lot to do with the weather. I mean, I'm not sure how easy it was to see on TV, but it was absolutely teeming down in it? Fort William. Um, so much so that I, I actually... Uh, hid in the clubhouse and turned on BBC Alba in the clubhouse and watched it indoors for a bit um, <laughs> because it was just streaming down. Um, but yeah, I think that sort of played a part in some of the poor hitting, like I said. But I thought overall, quite an exciting game. I mean, even at nil-nil, there was a lot of chances being exchanged between the two sides. Uh, but I think that now that Oban have gone through to the final, they're going to really need to improve on their, on their finishing um, and their sort of um, level of... I guess, clinicalness in the final third because they were fashioning chances, but they just couldn't seem to put them to bed. Um, And I think even more worrying than that is quite a lot of them were off target. They weren't even forcing Mm. the keeper into a save that they could then follow in on. So, yeah, 
But all congratulations to Oban. I think you're right what you say about Levitt. They will be back. We know they'll be back. They're sort of perennially around these kind of finals, semi-finals. Uh, and I think they've still got another couple of years left in them before that squad sort of transitions onwards. Um, but yeah, it's all about Oban um, after making the Telecoms Camera Cup final for the first time since 2019. But I want to talk about Fort William. They left it exceptionally late to pick up two points against Inverady in a match that was played at the Jubilee Balahulish, with Fort William giving up home advantage to get the match played. As at many a ground on Saturday, it was absolutely teeming. I just mentioned it there about Fort William. Um, but, you know, I think that that probably did have a big impact on this game as well. Um, there was a good bit of pressure from each side from what I heard, but it wasn't until the 84th minute, obviously, that we got the first goal of the game, which was well worth its weight as Graham Campbell rocketed it in. Victor Smith would obviously go on to add some gloss to the scoreline. Two goals in the final three minutes, meaning Fort won 3-0 and moved into the top two for the first time this season, making us and our mid-season predictions of giving them an F <laughs> look pretty stupid. Victor Smith, those two goals have now put him on to 21 league goals for the season with his nearest competitor Ben Delaney down on 13 which you know that's just truly incredible numbers to be putting up from the 21 year old the Fort have still got one game left to play against Strathglass this weekend uh, which you would expect them to win and that would leave them on 18 points and then all they'll be able to do is play the cruel waiting game to see if Le Haber can convert their three games in hand into points and leapfrog them. Comali are also in a similar position with four games in hand, although obviously a little bit further down the table. And I think at this stage, Le Haber still look the best position to win the league. Of their four remaining games, they have to play Oban Celtic and fellow strugglers Strathglass, whereas Glenacker have both Kilmali and Le Haber. I tried to go through all the various permutations just as we were waiting to come on the pod here and from what I can work out it is still actually in all of the teams involved hands other than Fort William so if Le Haber win all of their games they are at likewise Kilmali and Glenacker but everyone is still to play one another and people are probably sick to death of hearing it because we seem to say it every week on the podcast but what an incredible division this has been this year and we still have three or four huge games left to decide the direction of the title and indeed promotion to the Maui Premiership yeah, uh, you pretty much hit the nail on the head there. Um, we said it last season, what an incredible um, division it was. And we spoke about it last season, about um, pre-COVID leagues. It was a top, top division with GMA and Fort William went up as well. This season, I think it's absolutely blew it out of the water as well. You've got a really good relegation battle going on. And you've also got that kind of four teams still in amongst it, even though we're into August now. I think there's two kind of front runners there in Glenurkett and Lacaba. But um, even so, it's a brilliant division so far. Absolutely. Really exciting to see how that's going to go for the rest of the campaign. What else has caught your eye, Cami? Yeah, I'll continue with the game. I said could be hard to predict last week. And it turned out, shock horror, I was wrong. And you were, in fact, correct, predicting that Kyles <laughs> would make light work of Bewley. Um Kyles in Tinnebrook put free past Bewley as they can to keep serious tabs on promotion whilst Bewley move closer to the drop. Firstly... Bewley. I said it was their biggest game of the season. I might have been wrong in that, but looking at results and future fixtures, I think they're really, really up against it now. They remain three points behind Sky, who still have that game in hand, and are are without a win since May 27th, beating Lacabar in the Camera Cup. In fact, Bewley are without a victory in 90 minutes since May 13th, when they beat Caberfe away from home. That's eight league losses in a row, conceding 18 goals and only scoring five goals during that time. I promise I'm not trying to wind you up, Aaron, 
But what started like a promising season has really turned in a kind of sour direction. Saturday's, well, this Saturday's clash with Sky is 100% Bewley's biggest game of the season and is a must win. And they'll need to pick up points elsewhere and hope Sky don't do the same as the season progresses as well. Bewley's saving grace is that Saturday's fixture and the next three after that are at home but it's certainly advantage Sky at the moment, and I think you'd agree with me there too. Secondly, Kyle's. I think the Kamnick Association should be doing some form of testing down in Hinnabrew because there's something <laughs> in the water down there. They've won again, and are now not a million miles away from a Premiership title race, something which was unimaginable not so long ago. I'm not saying we've got a race on our hands just yet. Ball's still firmly in King Goose's court, but a few results going in Kyle's favour here and there in the next few weeks, and who knows really. Um, Scott McDonald continued his impressive season with another two goals on Saturday with Robbie McLeod uh, getting on the action too, which makes it five league wins in a row for Kyle, scoring 19 times in the process and only conceding as little as three goals during that time, which is a testament to the likes of Andy King, Cal Miller, Murdo McRae, Cammy Jack and of course John White, who make up the Kyle's defence with John of course being uh, in goals. Things will get trickier. Love it. Can you say in Sky all on the road in their next three outings? But this run of form for Kells has been one of the biggest turnarounds I've seen in years. And I'm personally hoping it keeps up so we can get a Premiership and Premiership uh, title race on the cards if it's not on already for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know you said you weren't trying to wind me up, but I think I'm, I'm sort of beyond the stage <laughs> of getting wound up now. It just sort of pushes me into depression. So, yeah, you're not going to get any snide remarks back from me. I agree with what you said there. And I think the... More importantly, and to focus on the positive, the turnaround from Kyle's has been absolutely incredible. So fair play to yeah. them. Um, you know, they're a side that time and time again, it's been said, you know, they're not a league side, they're a cap side. But, you know, they might well be a league side this year. I don't think, I agree with you, I think, can you see, you know, they would have to lose two or three games, which I just can't see happening. Um, but you never know. Um, you've just wound me up, so I'm really feeling like I, I shouldn't have... Uh, I shouldn't have chosen this as one of the things I wanted to speak about, but I want to speak about Shakur Danun. Yes. Um, the first team to finish all of their fixtures and by extension their season. And Kami, your team finished off in style with a 4-3 win over Oban Celtic in what looked like a really exciting game. Shakur went into the break 3-2 up despite going 1-0 down thanks to an early Ewan Campbell strike. And while Celtic rallied in the second half and brought it back to three each, it was Shakur's day as Sam Bullock sealed his hat-trick 10 minutes from time. Similar to what I said earlier about Fort, all Shakur Danun can do now is play the waiting game. OK, they're not in the race for promotion. But they are currently in third place, which constitutes a really good season. Um, Butte look like they're probably going to knock that down to fourth as they have three games in hand. And Inverary could potentially knock that down again, but I can't really see them beating Kilmory, especially not now that they seem to have a title fight on their hands with a fourth. So assuming a fourth placed finish, that will represent an improvement of two points and two places compared to 2022, which I'm sure everyone at the club will be happy with. I think it's fair to say the club probably would have hoped to give maybe the Bullock cap and certainly the single team cap a better crack. But considering the draw in both those competitions was particularly tough with Kilmory and I think it was Glengarry, uh, respectively. I think that they can chalk up, sort of, I guess, these competitions too bad luck this year and be proud of the end to the campaign and the league, which saw them win four of their last five games. Kami... It's not often I give credit to Strucker Danun, so you better enjoy it while it lasts. You were at the game. A good way to end the season? Yeah. Um, 
I, I was a good way to end the season. It wasn't the prettiest of performances as well. And I mean, obviously, handbags and that aside, Open Celtic always give us a good game when we played them. They thrashed us up in uh, Ganavan in the reverse fixture. So it was good to get one over them. And when we stuck to the shinty, we, 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 we played really well. It's been it's been a mostly positive season. I know you said we finished um, two points ahead as we did last season. Last season, we actually had a... Um, we got two points from Open Celtic who couldn't field a team. So we're kind of seeing it as maybe like potentially four points ahead if... if Kind of sort of, I know it doesn't really make sense, but you know, I mean, it's it's more wins on the kind of recorded, if you will. And I think if we didn't have such a stinking middle part of the season when we went on a kind of four or five game losing streak when numbers went really on our side, then it would it could have been much better. But considering we're a team we're only two years old, um, and we've, it's still it's boys from Stricker, it's boys from Danun, and it's boys from Glasgow kind of beating up with each other every Saturday, still kind of getting to know each other at this point as well. Um, I can only say like fair play to us as well. You're right in mentioning the Cups. The Cups was disappointing this season. Yeah, there was a tough draw getting Komori when they were playing their best and we were playing really poorly at that point in the bullock. That was a poor draw. And then obviously Glengarry, you, you don't want to face them that early doors. We ended up not being able to, um, we ended up cancelling that fixture as well because there wasn't really much point in heading all the way up there with a weakened squad at that point as well. Um, but yeah, vastly positive. I'm hoping next season we can do one more. In terms of this season waiting for the results, I think a top four would be brilliant. Um, Inverary could pick up something against Komori and you're right, I do see Butte kind of catching up. They've had a really, really strong second part of the season. But aye, it's, it's quite nice seeing you very positive about Strickarton in for a change. Um, <laughs> I could tell you probably not enjoyed that as much, but I do appreciate it. Yeah, no, I've not enjoyed it very much. I mean, I was actually looking forward to, you know, to give you a wee pat on the back, your season's finished, but then you just absolutely annihilated Bewley just two seconds before. So I was, <laughs> uh, I was through gritted teeth, I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, I guess in terms of the cap, you guys will be desperate for Glengarry to get promoted next year so that that, that would sort of blow oh, the right. single team cap wide open with Col Glenn and the National. And obviously if Glengarry ended up going up to the National, then it really opens up the field. But I, I, I guess just now, the one issue with the trophy is that, I mean, realistically, Glengarry should probably be winning it every year. Um, so, yeah. yeah, probably. I don't think there is far away as others maybe seem. You've still got Lacaran, who's still a really, really strong side, and obviously you've seen with like Sakomori and Balahulis this season as well. They're right up there. But I think it would be safe to say if they stay in the North one for the next couple of seasons, they're going to be pre-tournament favourites every single time, I think. So uh, yeah, I think you're right in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else have you been talking about? We'll go for one more each, I think. Okay, well, speaking of North 1, I'm going to talk about some relegation battles in the regional leagues and starting with North 1 with the relegation contest between Lovett, Kingusi and Glenurka. Now on a knife edge after Saturday's free straw between Kingusi and Glenurka. I know Bewley aren't a million miles away from it as well, but I'm really only kind of including the three there. Um, Glenurka remain bottom after this draw with Kingusi, although they do boast three games in hand over Kingusi. Um, on the day, Ewan... Baike, Baike, very sorry, I know for a fact I've murdered that pronunciation, <laughs> opened the scoring for Kingusi uh, after only three minutes before John Cameron equalised for Glenarchup five minutes later. Your man, whose name I'm not going to repeat, uh, brilliantly restored Kingusi's lead not too long after, before once again it was cancelled out by Glenarchup with Callum Miller getting in the action. Kingusi's Robert Shields continued where he left off last time out against Fort William and was next to find his name in the score sheet for the visitors before, for the third time in this end-to-end contest, was cancelled out by Glenarchup with Miller scoring on the hour to make it free each, which it would stay. So, you now have Glenarchup, bottom in 10 points, having played 14. Love it. Second bottom on 11 points, having played 16. And Kingusi one ahead of them with the same amount of points, but having played one more games. 
you think Glenarchy have enough games to kind of rule them out going down for the time being, although they do have four very tough games ahead in the lakes of Shield, Fort William, and they have to play Newton Moore twice. Love it. Two games left, both at home, a derby against Bewley, and then they host Shield, whilst King Yussi's final game of the season is a Badenoch derby in Newton Moore next Saturday. I'm not even going to attempt to predict how this ends, but I'm very looking forward to seeing how this pans out. A really, really good relegation battle in North 1. Then in South 2, if you're still listening, because I know I'm seriously rambling on at this point, <laughs> um, I got messaged on Saturday evening by Kyle's second team player manager, Grant Prophet, who gave me a rightful slagging for writing them off in last week's episode as they picked up what could be a valuable point against GME on Saturday in a free straw with Dave Martin scoring a hat-trick and two very late goals to kind of secure a point there. They've got two games left now, one against Butte and one against Balahulish, whilst Arna Merkin, who have one game remaining against Balahulish as well, sit two points ahead of them. Arna Merkin, of course, the team out of form after being on the wrong side of a mere 16-0 thrashing at the hands of Butte, uh, who are really, really blown away in South 1 this season. So yeah, two fantastic relegation battles and so on. I'm buzzing to see how they pan out in the next few weeks. Yeah, definitely. I guess just to firstly touch on uh, Grant Prophet, who who I do like and I know he's a fan of the podcast. Um, yeah, they do, do have a chance now. They definitely have a chance. It's all going to come down to that game against Balahulish. I can't see them winning their other game. Um, Arden American, you do worry for a little bit as well. Uh, obviously, their goal difference took a knock in on Saturday, which, you know, you, you never really like to see. Um, it's not, you know, I'm not some... <laughs> Ivory, t- I'm not on some ivory terror here, but I was a little disappointed to see, Bute, you know, really go for the throat there when, you know, goal difference almost certainly isn't going to come into it for them, that they should they should win the, the league fairly comfortably, I think. So, yeah, that was disappointing, but you know, I guess the boys want to play and they want to score as many goals as they can. You can't really blame them for that. Um, but yeah, in North 1, I think, can you see are the ones that are worrying me? I can't see them picking up any points, especially this weekend against Newton Moore Seconds. Um, I think that they will go pretty much full strength. Newton Moore, maybe even some of those uh, fringe first team players who aren't named might come down just to make mm-hmm. sure that they get one over on their rivals. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see who goes down in both these divisions. But yeah, certainly got a, a basement battle going on in each of them, which keeps it exciting to the end of the season. And that's all we can really ask for. If you're predicting who goes down right now, who's the two you're saying? Uh, if I had to choose from North One, I think that ooh, who's Levitt's other game against? They've got Bewley and Kinloch Shield. They could yes. go down. They could go down still because I didn't realise they were below Kinesi. It's just I looking at Glen Eckert's games and four games in hand is loads, but I it's the tough looking games. at each each individual one. I don't see them winning in isolation. Will they mm. beat Kinloch Shield away? Probably not. Newt Moore at home? Probably not. Fort William away? Probably not. Newt Moore away? Probably not. So there's a chance that they just don't pick up any points and Canusi and Levitt hold on by the skin of their teeth. Um, I would, If I had to say anyone, look at those fixtures, I'd actually say, unfortunately for the Glen, they'll probably will drop because I can't see them winning any of them. The only thing is they only need to get a draw because of their superior goal difference and hope that Canusi and Levitt don't get anything else. Um, so I would say Glen... Urquhart there in South One. You do worry for an American with Kyle's coming into a wee bit of form. I mean, three each against GMA is fantastic. Um, and obviously they won 8-1 against Arden American the week before so yeah that's that's great but Kyle's need to beat Balahulish to make that happen because I don't see them beating Butte away this weekend but you'll never know more surprising things have happened I would go for Arden American and Glen Ackert Kami what about yourself? I'm going to go for love it to go down I feel like Glen Ackert you're right they've definitely they're four tough tough fixtures but they've got to do it four times so they've got four chances at it mm. Um 
I feel like King Yusu also going to kind of go full guns blazing against Newton Moore, but then love it's too fixed. I don't know that one stuff. I'll, I'll go love it just because they're behind King Yusu at the moment. Um, and in South one, swear I'm not winding Grant Prof up even more, but Kyle's. Um, <laughs> don't I don't see them getting anything against Butte, and then it comes down to they both need results against Balahulish. Ardnamurk need one point, and that's it. So I know that was a big heavy defeat for them against Butte. Um, I know that they can be better than that. I don't know what the script is with injuries and things like that. And I know Kyle's mm. will have their absolute best squad, and I, I do see them beating Balahulish. But the fact that they only need one point in Arnhemark, and uh, I'll fancy them, and I'll pick Kyle's to go down. So Kyle's in love it for me. Okay, okay. Well, we'll wait and see. I'm sure your phone will be red hot uh, with abuse from Grant after this, but <laughs> we'll wait and see how it goes. Um, there was no Maui WCA South Division 2 last week, so instead I caught up with Tay Fourth Stars, Maddie French and Joey Miller to find out how their season has gone so far. I've now been joined by Maddie and Joey from Tay Fourth Women. How have you been getting on, Maddie? Yeah, doing pretty well. We've had some fun away games recently and been travelling. Um, uh, last week we were in Oban. Oban. <laughs> Already forgotten. Um, <laughs> and we were really lucky with the weather, actually. Um, and finally the sun has come out today as well. So Joey and I did a little bit of prep just over dinner out in the garden. It was lovely. Lovely <laughs> dinner day. It was gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, and, and that uh, voice is, of course, as referenced there, Joy from Tay Forth. Joy, you've been over having some nice dinner, living in the sand. Are you guys both based down in Edinburgh then? Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so well, I live in Leith now. Um, Maddie's in Bathgate, but yeah, pretty much both Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, 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 I work in um, between Edinburgh and Glasgow and live right in the middle so it's a quick train or drive along to to Edinburgh to see the yeah. T4 gals. Yeah. I really appreciate you guys coming together to jump on the podcast really excited about some of the stuff we've got to talk about and uh, maybe reflect on some of what's been happening this year and also what's been happening over the last few years at Tayforth and what's to come. Uh, some really exciting developments down the line, as I understand. But before we get into all that, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourselves and how you got involved in Shinty in the first place? So, Joey, do you want to start and then we'll hear from Maddie immediately after? Yeah, so um, I'm from from the Rock originally, um, but funnily enough, I didn't actually even get into Shinty up there. It wasn't until I moved down to uni um, in Edinburgh that, I started playing um, with the uni team a bit on and off. And then when I left uni, then Tayforth was just starting up. So then it kind of worked out really well, like moved in seamlessly um, into Tayforth after that. But um, yeah, so probably been playing for a wee while now, but it doesn't feel like it feels like it's blown in. I'm sure the skills are going up and up like that. Dude. You're selling yourself <laughs> short there. I think. They can't go down. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maddie, what about you? Is it a similar story? Um, it's similar in one vein that we're probably both just a little bit unusual joiners to Shinty. Yes, Joey was obviously from North, where it's more commonly known, um, where but didn't actually end up playing yeah. up there until she came down to the Central Belt. Um, I'm kind of similar in that I'm a bit strange um, in that I have been um, kind of was born and raised in the Scottish Central Belt. Um, and um, managed to find Shinty um, thanks to Derry Barton, um, also a, a member of Tayforth that's played for the men's team for I won't say how many years because <laughs> they won't be <laughs> thankful for it. But um, I I started um, with the Linlithgow, which have been 
youth team when I was in probably third or fourth year of high school mm. um and it was basically a result of um I went to school in Edinburgh but still had a lot of um primary school friends in Lithgow so um, you'll see that there's a theme throughout this podcast as a result of wishing to be sociable <laughs> and see my friends um I started up on a Wednesday evening um with Derry and uh, loads of guys and girls that did that after school um so actually again over dinner we realized that I've now been pay- playing Shinty for half my life which wow. Again, I'm not convinced that the skills reflect the, the <laughs> time and effort that's gone in. <laughs> um, but um, I then um, played for the Lithgow Ladies um, when we kind of got to the 18 age bracket above. Um, and then I went to Glasgow University where I played for um, them for five years because I did a undergrad and a master's. And then really good timing. I would have left in about 2016 and um, Tayforth was started up in 2017. So, yeah, it's been about 15 years of constant and consistent shinty um, on my part. And I said a bit unusual, born in the Central Belt with two English parents that had mm. no idea what shinty was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a bit about me. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, it's definitely two different routes into the sport, uh, but two similar routes in the same way, you know, so uh, that's uh, a real joy to have you both on today. Of course, as you both mentioned, you're now playing for Tay Forth, who are currently plying their trade in Maui WCA South Division 2. It's been a pretty good season so far with the club currently joint second, do you think, Muddy? Yeah, yeah, we're really happy with um, what we've managed to achieve um, this year, um, especially given, I think, we finished fourth last year um and so I think we've come on quite a bit since then um and um we've had four I want to say four wins one draw and three losses um we acknowledge that I think we've maybe played a couple more games than Uddingston uh, and I think Denad um, Mm -hmm. at the top of the league at the moment so uh, we only have two games remaining and we're going to have to make them count in order to finish joint second or if we dare to dream (laughs) 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 Um, so we'll see what happens but um, yeah we've been really really pleased we've had um, um, some new joiners in the last year or so um, we've had um, Siobhan who's joined um, come over from Ireland who is ex Camogie player um, and she has taken the sport by storm again <laughs> top top goal scorer and yet she's played for a 15th <laughs> yeah. amount of time than I have um, <laughs> but she's doing amazing um, and then um, I'm trying to think um We've got a few of the few of the guys from Edinburgh Uni that have come out of the university and joined us. That's often how we get quite a lot of our players. But for example, um, Rio has joined and um, helped us out in a few matches, and she's a really good hockey player. So again, you'll see that. Um, I don't want to suggest that we're a, a bunch of mixed <laughs> <shitty mixed-mixed, laughs> but um, there is a home for everyone <laughs> with us, um, and everyone's come from a bit of a, a different different background um we have unfortunately lost a few players but not to other teams necessarily but just people relocating um down south um in fact um uh, exciting news is we've got um jess davies coming back up who's been playing for oxford 
um, and she's due to come back. So um, I'm now making sure that she does come back by saying this. <laughs> she can't now not come back. So uh, yeah, I think we've had a really good season so far and long may it continue. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's it out in the public now. So she's got no chance to back out whatsoever. <laughs> you were talking about Siobhan, who's obviously the top goal scorer for the club. Joey, you're currently joint fourth top goal scorer in the division with Maddie just a couple of goals behind. Is there any sort of friendly competition between the girls for this? And, you know, do you think that you'll be able to hold on to your advantage over Maddie for the rest of the season? Um, <laughs> do you think maybe either of you might have a chance of catching Siobhan, who's, as I understand now, in her first year of playing Shinty? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we were actually laughing about this because we had absolutely no idea that any of us had done that well. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Like, I wouldn't say that we're competitive amongst ourselves. Um, really, like everything is always just like we love to play shitty and we're going along and have a good time. It's always like a team effort, isn't it? Um, now that you've highlighted this, <laughs> might be more of a competition. So you might have caused some rifts there in the team. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I would just say that like we've done quite well with our goals, but it's just like from having like a solid team, like starts at the back, doesn't it? Solid defence and then our middle everywhere and then get up and like as we say Siobhan is an absolute cracking shot like as soon as you get the ball to her she either hits you <laughs> or the goal <laughs> um, think, yeah um, we've got some yeah as Joey said we've got some it starts from the back to get to up front uh, and the goal scorers it's got to go through everyone um, and um, I think we've maybe have been better able managing not as extreme losses as last year and the years before potentially as a result of obviously our defenders doing really really mm. well um for example um i won't mention everyone uh, but like iona is a essentially a wall um <laughs> and then we've got liz and caitlin at the back as well um me running around in midfield as much as i can um similarly actually if we're going to the open match that we had last sunday um Rashenda didn't show up on the score sheet, but the huge number of goals were very much a result of her and a lot of one-two passes yeah. with Rashenda, Joey and Siobhan. So we wouldn't have got to the double digits that we did um, without Rashenda. Yep, for sure. um, so I said, things, we might now get selfish with the I ball. I know, that's what I'm thinking now. I'm passing that to Siobhan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll see. If we lose really badly, we know who to blame. Ian. Oh, wow. OK, OK. I'm going to get called into my boss's office tomorrow morning. Sowing seeds of discontent amongst my teams and that'll be the podcast taken off air. But anyway, yeah. hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um, you've got Arden American this weekend, Maddie. You lost 10-0 against them last season, but you're really sort of outperforming them this year. How do you see that one going? Yeah, so to be honest, actually, I probably should have checked the team that we have. Uh, before this actually yeah. but um, I actually don't think Siobhan's playing so maybe that gives us a wee head head start <laughs> yeah, Siobhan might not be playing so we might actually be able to catch her on, on goals potentially uh, but again I've made mention to Iona I'm pretty sure she's playing so hopefully not to put all the pressure on her uh, but hopefully she'll be able to make sure that it's not a double digit, digit loss um, as it was last year I mean ultimately I suppose hopefully she, listeners will see um ultimately we are there to have fun we have the biggest amount of fun when um 
it's a competitive match and everyone is playing well, irrespective yeah. of if that is the opposition as well. Um, so hopefully we can stop it from being a double digit loss. Yeah. Hopefully, um, as some of the players that I've mentioned already, and as we might come on to in a bit, we're getting more consistency with the same players and therefore increased in communication and just knowing each other's um, game plans and strengths and weaknesses and able to balance them out. Hopefully, we'll be able to make it more competitive than we did last year. Mm -hmm. um, we've taken a bit of a different approach. Last year, we went up in a very squashed people carrier. <laughs> um, so I like to use that as an excuse. <laughs> for <laughs> the um, this year, we've actually decided to make a weekend of it. So wow. on Saturday, we will be driving up um, and then we'll play on Sunday before coming back down. Whether that will to our advantage I'm not so sure it'll be subject to the fun that's had on Saturday there's, night there's going to be some sore heads on that Sunday I can tell already so again I'm getting in our excuses nice and early we don't have Siobhan and I'm not entirely sure what state we will arrive in <laughs> okay well uh, there's some some inspiring uh, news in there maybe for, if you're from a, from an Arden American perspective <laughs> you are releasing this after Sunday. After Sunday. <laughs> I'm, af I'm afraid not. I'm afraid not. That's it. Your secret's out. I think you guys are maybe being a little bit modest there. I think that given the results that have gone your way this year um, across the whole league, probably, and I don't want to put any pressure on, on what's going to be a bunch of, by the, very, by the sounds of it, rough uh, ladies <laughs> on Sunday. But uh, I make you favourites for this game uh, to oh. kick on and, and, and get two points. So we'll wait and see how that goes. But just talking about, obviously, it was 10-0 last year and now, you know, you're, you're as I said, probably the favourites going in for Saturday. How far would you say that the club have come during your time involved? Yeah, I would say it's um, absolutely flown in for starters since the start of it. Um, it's been a bit, I think, taking us a wee while to find our feet. Like, obviously, like, we started off with a lot of players in the development league and then gone to South 2 and then COVID happened and then a lot of players moved away or we just, like, ended up with, like, a lot less people playing and now we're just kind of getting back into it. and as Maddie says like now we're getting a wee bit of consistency like the same lasties every week and getting to know each other we've got people that like show up every time for training or like you can count them for games um, and just really getting to to know everyone and know how everyone plays and stuff has been like a a huge thing to be honest I don't know if you've got anything else yeah I think we just need to be nice to ourselves as Joey says if it's it started out in 2017 we we're probably what development league for um, a year or two before um, being promoted to South 2 and then in the years that's been South 2 there would have been obviously a whole year where no shinty was played and then a second year where it was probably only half, half I played the ones, we, um... yeah and it was a very different setup um, as well and um, as Joy says there was probably a bit of movement players wise um, so yeah it's it's had its peaks and troughs but we just need to be mindful that yeah we are still quite a new club um uh even though from a women's perspective i should say um yes. so um yeah we're really pleased with the direction it's going and um hopefully um as i said we'll keep the commitment of the players that are fab that we've already got um develop ourselves more so and then appeal to some new players who will hopefully come join as well yes 
you know, you're right to touch on COVID because that came in, I mean, if you guys formed for the Development League in, what, 16, 17, roughly, and then COVID just coming a few years after that, it, it does make it really difficult for any club. And, and we've seen that um, across the sport for, you know, established clubs that have existed for 100 years plus, let alone clubs that are, you know, sort of five, six years old. Yeah. So, no, all kudos to everyone involved in the club who's managed to keep that going and coming out the other side um, even stronger. Uh, I guess for the rest of this year, anything exciting planned as a club, Joey? And um, so the main thing that's happening this year is our 50th anniversary celebrations, which well the lads team's 50th anniversary, but like take part for the whole. So they're doing a like a dinner and a, a dance for that on the 23rd of September. So I think that's open to everyone, isn't it? So yeah. if anyone wants to come along, any people that used to play for the club or knew the club or just wants to come along, um, it'll be good crack for that. Um, we've got our end of year Kaylee as well for the team, like our awards and stuff. Is that November or November, I think, yeah. isn't it? Um and we've got obviously we've only got two games left, I think. So that'll be a big focus for the end of the season. Mm. Um what else? We're looking to get a new training ground is one of our big focuses as well. Um so we have quite a lot happening actually yeah. when you start listening to it. Like that. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. We've got the the obviously the big celebration, so tickets are available and are on sale. Um, you should if you find us on Facebook, whether that's the full T4 page or the women's one, should be able to access the link. Should anyone want to purchase some tickets? Um, obviously I know that everyone understands in the Shinty community we are quite an underfunded sport. Um, overall so um, yeah. any money that is raised will go to Tay Forth and support us with um, a variety of things like training grounds like venues for games because over the years um, even for the guys we've not necessarily had as consistent a venue as some of the more established um, teams so um, things like that as well um, like guys strips but ultimately as I said major theme for us is the social side so yeah. um, it should be a great night where we've got Kayleigh Band um, three course meal um, an opportunity for us shinty folk to actually dress up <laughs> <laughs> get the kilts on um, and some dresses uh, rather than the lovely strips we have <laughs> um, so there's that and as I said then and the, the gals are making the most of this weekend so hopefully the sun, sun stays out and um We'll have a lovely um, time in it's Glen Glen Cole. I think we're staying an Airbnb. Wow. Yeah, de definitely sounds good. And I think, uh, you know, an amazing array of things happening between now and the end of the season, despite there only being two games left. It seems like it's a really exciting time to be at the club. So if anyone is maybe in the Edinburgh area and listening to this thinking, you know, that sounds like fun, I want to get involved. How should they go about doing that? Yeah, so um, as I say, we've got two um, different Facebook um pages um so we've got the wider Tayforth club page and then we've got the women's one as well um if you find one and you can't find the other please just message um or follow the pages depending on what you want to do if you want to just see what we're up to you're more than welcome to follow um if actually you're starting to think that you want to try shinty for the first time or you want to return to it um then please do um just pop a message um on the uh, Facebook pages. Uh, we actually just had one from today, which is really nice. So people do come through that way. I'm sure Siobhan came through yeah. that way as well. And um, we've uh, welcomed her with open arms as we do. Everyone of all levels um, equally, um, I'm happy to pop my own wee Facebook page link if anyone wants to feel more comfortable to reach out to 
me personally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've we've all come from very different backgrounds, very different shinty abilities. So we just want to make sure that everyone feels comfortable. Um, and as as we've seen, it's just as much about um, shinty as the um, socials that we do because yeah. we've done um, what social was it that we had recently? Oh, Fox Lake, like the adventure. But the yeah. adventure Fox Lake obstacle course. Uh, hmm. So we we're all about trying training in a different way. <laughs> Um, I'm sure that the abs probably hurt the day after that one Um, and I think that was quite good so we're going to repeat that Um, and I think we're going to look at trampolining and stuff as well so um, we try to make it about the shinty but also just about um, I suppose coming together as a yeah. Tayforth community um, and we've got people across the central belt so I said I'm in Bathgate uh, we've got someone in Stirling uh, we do have a few people that come through from from Glasgow um, trying yeah. to think if there's anyone else um, and then obviously quite a quite a number from Edinburgh yeah. so lower the merrier yeah and if I could just add finally um, to make it a bit easier um, so that uh, the audience knows um, we currently as a women's team train on a Tuesday night at around seven o'clock uh, we're based currently at Hollywood Park um, so we get some lovely views of the castle and um, was it Arthur Seat um, and then the guys are training at the moment uh, at seven o'clock also but on the Wednesday night at Harrison Park as we've touched on already we are looking at a new training venue so that might change um, next year or shortly but your best bet is just to message the page and we'll be able to give you the most up-to-date details. Definitely. Absolutely so if you're listening to this and that does sound like your cup of tea you should drop them a message because who knows you could be the next Siobhan fluttering <laughs> around the top of the goal scoring charts in Maui WCA South Division 2. That sort of brings me to the end of the interview guys I guess just want to say thank you very much for jumping on and telling us all about Tay Forth. Oh thank you for having thank us. Thank you so much. Great to hear from Maddie and Joey there, really enjoyable chat. And we will be back with Kick Tip Corner after a quick word from our sponsors. Ferguson Transport and Shipping are delighted to be sponsoring the Ballymore Cup Final again this year and continue to support the Camerick Association, encouraging and promoting Shinty in the Highlands, Scotland and further afield. Offering logistics solutions including transport, port and marine services and storage and warehousing, We provide a range of services and turnkey solutions to our customers across Scotland and throughout the UK. Shinty has been at the heart of the Ferguson family for generations and as an avid supporter of community incentives, we will continue to invest in and promote our national sport. It's now time for Kick Tip Corner. Rossi 90 remains top of the table after a 20-point haul, which included three correct score predictions, those being 3-2 for Lockside Rovers, 3-0 for Sky, and 6-1 impressively for Glenacher against Strathglass. That meant not only did he stay at the top, but he was also the highest scorer this week, which was really frustrating for everyone below him. For me, it was a middle-of-the-road performance, 14 points with Lavitt, Aberdower and GMA seconds all letting me down. And although I did get four points for Shield and Canusi's 1-1 draw, I do stay in sixth place. But now, frustratingly, like I said, 23 points off the lead. Kami, how did it go for you? Um, yeah, back down to 13th. Um, 
this season. Like my glamorous race for a top ten finish continues to fade away. Um, I got eight points, which is poor even for my standard. Uh, I got five predictions wrong, which is really really poor on my behalf. <laughs> um, I picked Glasgow Madrigal to beat Sky at home and try and kind of go against the majority, but that got blown back in my face as well. So yeah, I'm just sitting back and I'm watching the promotion kind of race for this point. I'm I'm well out of it. I'm. Might not even get 11th or 12th. I might even go further down the table at this point. Brutal stuff. Yeah, you're still above Will Cowie, which is great. The the more people above him, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and also the president of the Kamenecht Association. Oh, so, right, you know, okay. that's, that's not too bad. It's not too bad, Cami. I'm not I'm um, not saying much. I'll need, to, I'll need to see the president at the Kamenecht Cup final as well. So I'm not getting too ahead of myself at the moment. But we'll see. That's, <laughs> that gives me something to play for. Yeah, exactly. You've still got that in the locker. Um, what's your game of the week this week? I've got a sneaky suspicion. I know what it might be. Not messing about some big games, but McCulloch Cup final between uh, King Yusei and Oban Kamrick. Uh, it has to be a, a dress rehearsal almost for the Kamrick Cup final. That kind of makes the McCulloch Cup final seem a little bit worse than it actually is, but of course not. It's still a big, big competition to be played for. Oban will be eager to win it. King Yusei, if they've got one eye on this Grand Slam, they'll be eager for that as well. Um, really, really tight game ahead. Um, it's in Mossfield as well, which obviously kind of gives Oban an advantage, but I mean, I, well, I haven't watched both. Hamner Cup semi-finals, I haven't watched them both recently as well. The thing that stands out for me is King Yusei's defence, um, Robert Maven, Sander Mickey, um, Rory McEachin, who actually had a really, really good game uh, in the semi-final as well, all absolutely solid. They're just, I think, I mentioned it last week as well, last season's kind of King Yusei's Grand Slam campaign was built on their forward line, I think. I think this season's been built on their superb, honestly brilliant defence. Um, they just, they're not even the most kind of physically kind of like kind of the kind of towering characters, if you will. They're just really, really smart defenders who read the game well, who know when to kind of get the ball out of play, who know when to kind of put passes diagonally. They're smart, smart players. However, I was equally as impressed with Oban on Saturday just there. Um, I feel like, as I said earlier on, they absolutely dominated. Love it uh, for the majority of it as well. And it's a young team, solid all round. One big thing that stood out for me is their massive injury list that seem to be gone almost as well. So I think um, the manager will have kind of a lot to pick for for this Saturday as well. Really, really tough one to pick. Um, I could maybe see... I'll, I'll probably back King Yusei um, just based on defence. I think it's going to be a case of Oban's forward line, which, by the way, we're really, really strong against. Love it. Against that King Yusei's defence. I'll be backing King Yusei for that one. I think it might be a different story in the Kamnik, but I'm sure we'll preview that closer to time. But yeah, really, really good game ahead. Yeah, I think you're right there. Um, I don't want to go over the, the ground you've said, but I do agree. It's a sort of curtain raiser with all due respect to the Macaulay Cup. It's a sort of curtain raiser to the Telecoms Kamnik Cup final now that we know that they're both in it. Um, you know, Oban Kamenach, the last time they won the Macaulay Cup, Gangster's Paradise was number one in the charts. <laughs> and Dave and Central Sea, who are currently top of the charts, weren't even born. However, there is, you know, there's still, it's probably a good time to play the Grand Slam champions. If there is a good time at all, it's probably right now. They haven't scored more than three goals since May and are averaging out at just over 2.3 goals per game, marginally less, actually, than Oban Kamenacht. Kanishi's defence, however, continues to be miserly, conceding less than a goal per game on average and ensuring that they are really hard to beat. In the forward line, they are missing the goals of Rod Yang, but James Faulkner and Rudy Anderson are scoring similar amounts to last year. 
But without Yang, they have required Thomas Borthwick, Savio Giannini and Zander Miki all to chip in with five. And while it's great to have that kind of depth to fall back on, I think that they would probably prefer to have a sort of individual and red-hot form going into these cap finals rather than three or four forwards chipping in. That being said, one of Faulkner or Anderson have scored in the last seven games for Canusi, so they are still a danger, even if they aren't at their swashbuckling best. Uh, there's actually only been three games, I was looking this morning, three games this whole season that neither Anderson or Faulkner has scored in. So they've certainly still got potent attackers and obviously a very strong defence. But I do think that, you know, with uh, a couple of guys missing and especially Roddy Yang on the back of that year, it isn't the worst time that they could play them. And we saw in last year's final um, that Oban Kamna could run uh, see very close and that was with Roddy Young for Kamenak to return to Daniel Sloss a couple of weeks ago is going to be a really big factor we've spoken about him on the podcast before and I think he's actually one of the best defenders in the game however the loss of Ross McMillan due to a silly yellow card on Saturday will be a blow for the Red and Blacks speaking of Saturday uh, we saw like I said earlier, they're pretty proficient at moving the ball around the final third, but they couldn't quite create the kind of guilt edge chances that they needed until very late in the game. And we know that Kinesi's defence is even stronger than that of Levitt's. So it's going to be of vital importance that the likes of McCoosh, Clark, McVicker and Sloss are clinical when the chances do come. Overall, I think it's going to be a great final. Uh, last year's edition was fantastic. And I think if we have a similar kind of game, then all neutrals will be satisfied. On kick tip, I've learned to back Kinesi. So I will be doing that again, but I would like to see Oban win as it's high time a national trophy went south again. Kami, let's chat about another couple of games and then wrap up. What did you find tough to predict this week? Yeah, there's some very good options this week for hard to predict. Also other candidates for Game of the Week. If it wasn't for the Macaulay final, you've got Balahulish and Arna Merkin, which could determine Cow's Athletic's fate. Um, we've got Bewley and Sky, which could t- determine who joins GMA in the national next year. Both two very difficult, well, very difficult games to predict. Um, however, it's a promotion battle in the national, which is grabbed my, and that's Glenarchet Lacaber, which is my hard to predict fixture this weekend. And from the Drocket, the last time the two met, it was Glenarchet who picked up the victory in a tight four-three victory. But before that, it was three wins out of three for Lacaber in the last three outings, and the Spinbridge men will be desperate to pick up both points at home on Saturday. Lecabre did suffer a wee hangover draw uh, after their Ballymore triumph as they needed uh, two late goals to take something from Cole Glenn. But prior to that, their form was mostly solid, winning five out of six fixtures, although they did lose a very heavily to Fort William in July with four running away 5-0 winners. Glenucker also winning five out of the last six with a 2-2 draw against Inverary being the only one that stands out in the wrong direction there. They do seem to be slightly more consistent during the second part of the season and they have found the rhythm in front of the goal with John Barr scoring a lot recently alongside the likes of Daniel McLean, Oliver Black and Ryan Porter. We both know that Max Campbell and Ben Delaney have been outstanding this season for Lacaber, but I think it could come down to whose defence is on top for this one. Extremely close to call for me. If I had to choose, I think it's Lacaber's turn to seek revenge and they'll pick up a slender one-goal victory. If that's 1-0 or 7-6, I am unsure. Yeah, I agree with you, Kami. I think Lacaber win this one, but very narrowly. I'm probably going to stick it down for something like a 3-2 because I do think mm. there'll be goals in the game. I can't see it being too defensive performance. I mean, I know the last time that we spoke about Lacaber on the podcast, we said that they hadn't had a clean sheet all year. And then, of course, they went and beat Comali 5-0 uh, <laughs> in a real dominant performance in the Ballymore Cup final. So, yep, I'm going to back Lacaber. I think they should have too much for Glenacker, although Glenacker obviously did win that game earlier in the season. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Um, 
I did. I think Beely Sky is also hard to predict. I think both teams are going to realise the magnitude of the game. Sky have the potential to really pull away from Beely and, you know, allay any fears about getting caught in the relegation dogfight. Beely, on the other hand, really would need both points to have any chance of dragging the Islanders into the drop zone by the end of the season. The underlying numbers are in Sky's favour. They've scored five more goals and conceded seven less than Bewley have. However, if we look at the last five meetings between the sides, there isn't much in it with Sky narrowly edging it three wins to Bewley's two. Sky's defence will, as always, be paramount. If they're going to come away with a result, it's going to be due to that defence and they'll be looking to add to the second clean sheet of the season that they got against GMA. For Bewley, a lot has been made about their inability to find the back of the net and while that has been a problem at times this season, I'm thinking of the stretch where we didn't score, I think it was five games, we went without a goal. You know, the defence isn't doing much better at the moment, unfortunately. Last weekend's 3-0 defeat was Bewley's joint largest margin of defeat this year in the league, and I really hope that doesn't knock a confidence going into this match. I managed to wangle a couple of hours off in the afternoon to actually go down and watch the game, which will be one of the first game, well, the first game I've seen since GMA away, and the first home game I've seen in God knows how long. Um, so I'm really hoping the boys in green can put on a good performance and get a win, but I think on kick tip. Given the fact I need to hunt down Rossi 90, I'm probably going to put a draw. Kami, any thoughts on Bewley Sky that you haven't already said? You're going to stick a knife <laughs> in a bit more? <laughs> I'm actually, you know, I'm actually not. Um, it's going to need to come to a time with Bewley when they're going to need to win. Like, it's, it's now or never for them. And I think in terms of kind of premiership survival, um, I feel at home, um, it's a perfect time for them to get a result as well but at the same time bar the McTavish Cup final this is also Sky's biggest game this season They, as you said they can pull away um, I don't. I mean obviously I stuck the knife in earlier on and I mentioned another kind of bad run of form but there was a couple of not too bad and kind of unlucky performances as well GMA you mentioned that game should have been kind of dead and buried at some point Oban Kamnick he's went a million miles away from it so there's still definitely talent there's still definitely ability in that Billy squad and I mean, we've seen it in a couple of results earlier on this season as well, when especially when the Beckham Lock Shield opening kind of day. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Billy pick up a win. I wouldn't see if it's one 0 or two one. I honestly got I wouldn't be surprised, but at the same time, it's, it's Sky's defence which also sticks out for me as well. A couple of really, really good players there. I'll go out on a limb. I'll say I'll say two one Billy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're obviously trying to worm your way back into my good books after Not that slag and you dished out earlier on, but <laughs> that's fine. Maybe it's the guilt coming in after I was uh, so effusive with praise about Shaka Dunoon. But on that slimy little bombshell, we will call it a day, Cami. Thank you very much for joining me. Thanks again, mate. Cheers. And thank you for listening. Enjoy your shinty.